welcome to this Touch podcast activity, which has been recorded for Touch Neurology. This podcast aims to provide insights on the burden of migraine for patients, available preventive treatment options, and the importance of real-world evidence in making treatment decisions. This activity is funded by an educational grant from Eli Lilly and Company Limited. This medical education is provided by Touch IME. In this podcast, Professor Simona Sacco will introduce the topics to be addressed in this modular activity on the role of anti-CGRP antibodies for migraine prevention. She will also provide a brief overview of the burden of migraine, the need for effective preventive therapy and the currently available preventive treatment options. Hello, everyone. Uh, I am uh, Simona Sacco. I am a professor of uh, neurology at uh, the University of L'Aquila in uh, Italy. And uh, I am uh, here today for the module one of the Touch Clinical Perspective on uh, anti-CGRP monoclonal antibodies for uh, migraine prevention. Please could you outline the focus and topics of discussion for this modular educational activity? This is a modular activity. This first part is an introduction to the course together with some background information on migraine burden and possible treatments. We have the module two with the patient interview and with a learning activity on real-world data. In module three, we will discuss treatment failure in migraine, what to do to manage those patients with treatment failure. And in this same module, you will receive practical guidance for the, uh, using anti-CGRP monoclonal antibodies for the migraine prevention. And lastly, in module four, we will summarize the course and provide the key messages together with the updates from big conference such as the IACC meeting. What is the burden of migraine in terms of overall prevalence and impact on patient health and functioning? Migraine is a burdensome condition. The global prevalence is high. Worldwide, there is more than 1 billion people suffering from migraine. Prevalence is 14% and is higher in women than in men. The women-to-men ratio is 2 to 1. Migraine has an impact on individuals. Migraine attacks may lead to miss social events and activities, may have a negative impact on personal life, family, work and on career. The disease may have also financial consequences due to increased expenses and missed income. One of the problems with migraine is that it is still 
an uh, under-recognized and uh, under-treated condition. An international survey, including patients referred to headache centers, showed that only 28% of patients received a correct diagnosis before the first visit in the center. This is not optimal because migraine should be recognized and diagnosed in primary care. There is, uh, on average, a diagnostic delay of uh, 8 to 12 years. Additionally, there is uh, an uh, unmet need uh, in uh, treatments. Many patients who have migraine and who are in need of prevention actually do not use preventatives and only use acute attack treatments uh, to manage the condition. However, uh, there are uh, as well met needs uh, with uh, acute um, attack uh, treatment uh, drugs because uh, they are not effective in uh, all patients. They may have delayed effect, they may have adverse event, and in patients with high frequency or chronic migraine, uh, they may lead to medication overuse thus further worsening, worsening migraine itself. How is migraine managed and when should preventative treatment with anti-CGRP antibodies be considered? There are uh, uh, several migraine preventive treatments available and recommended by uh, guidelines. Oral drugs recommended to manage migraine include beta blockers, include angiotensin 2 receptor blockers, anticonvulsivants, antidepressants, calcium channel blockers, and botulinum toxin uh, that is uh, recommended only for patients with chronic migraine. More recently, uh, monoclonal antibodies targeting the CGRP pathway were added to the drugs that are recommended to treat migraine. And I wish to refer to two among the available guidelines that include the use of monoclonal antibodies for the migraine prevention. Guidelines from the American Headache Society recommend the use of monoclonal antibodies and in particular they suggest to use those drugs in patients who have inability to tolerate or inadequate response to uh, at least two migraine preventive treatments. Uh, 
Also, European EDIC Federation guidelines are available to provide suggestions on the use of CGRP monoclonal antibodies. Those drugs are recommended. And the suggestion in the most recent version of the European EDIC Federation guideline is to include CGRP monoclonal antibodies bodies among the drugs that can be used as a first-line treatment for migraine prevention. And in particular, while some patients may have more benefit from conventional drugs because of migraine burden, because of Uh, peculiar comorbidities, some other patients may benefit as a first option from CGRP monoclonal antibodies. And in particular, those drugs should be considered as first-line drugs in patients who have chronic migraine with medication overuse and in patients who have comorbid conditions that uh, make not ideal the use of oral drugs. Uh, reimbursement policies vary across countries, and in some countries, the use of CGRP monoclonal antibodies as first-line treatment is not allowed. What are the new anti-CGRP antibodies and what has been their impact for patients in clinical practice, in your experience? There are uh, four uh, anti-CGRP monoclonal antibodies uh, to treat uh, migraine that are currently available on the market. Eftinezumab, fremanezumab and galcanezumab target the ligand, so CGRP itself, while erenumab has a slight different mechanism of action because erenumab binds to the CGRP receptor and thus it blocks the receptor and not the ligand. The Administration route, it's very convenient because uh, erenumab, fremanezumab and galcanezumab can be administered once every four weeks, whereas etinezumab and fremanezumab uh, can be administered every three months, so quarterly. Uh, erenumab, fremanezumab, galcanezumab uh, are to be given uh, subcutaneously, whereas uh, eptinezumab should be given in the hospital because it's uh, for the intravenous administration. The uh, anti-CGRP monoclonal antibodies Um, are really game changer in migrant treatments because uh, if we look uh, uh, at their advantage, they have important impact for the patients. They have a very quick 
onset of action. The route administration is very convenient because it's not daily administration. And uh, one of the main major advantages is that they almost have no side effect. So tolerability is really excellent and this overcomes the major limitation of oral preventatives that that had relevant side effects for the patients and so the, the, there was a high rate of drug discontinuation. All those advantages pair with a high efficacy and so they, they are real, really an ideal treatment for migraine prevention. Thank you for listening to this Touch podcast. You can access more content on this topic at www.touchneurology.com. Welcome to this Touch podcast activity, which has been recorded for Touch Neurology. This podcast aims to provide patient perspectives on the burden of living with migraine and expert insights on the latest real-world data for anti-CGRP antibodies in migraine prevention. This activity is funded by an independent medical education grant from Eli Lilly and Company Limited. This activity is provided by Touch IME. In this podcast, we will discuss the impact of migraine on day-to-day functioning and quality of life for patients, the importance of the clinician-patient relationship, the real-world impact of anti-CGRP antibodies on migraine prevention, and what available real-world data indicate with regards to treatment optimization with anti-CGRP antibodies. First, Ms. Elena Ruiz de la Torre will discuss the impact of migraine on day-to-day functioning and quality of life for patients, and how migraine may evolve over time. She will also review the importance of the clinician-patient relationship and the real-world impact of anti-CGRP antibodies on migraine prevention for patients. Hello, this is Elena Ruiz de la Torre. I'm a patient myself and I am currently Executive Director of the European Migraine and Headache Alliance. Can you outline some of the challenges people living with migraine face in daily life? Well, daily life with migraine, it's a nightmare. I have to say I am a patient. I've been a very severe patient. First thing I have to say is that migraine, same that any other disease in the world, has a very a wide range of severities. You can be very mild, you can be moderate, or you can be very severe. If you're in the range of the very severe ones, uh, your life is going to be a, a, a nightmare. And your life is going to be completely conditioned by migraine. Migraine, it's a very personal and difficult di- disease. It's a, there is a lot of lack of knowledge outside. People doesn't know, doesn't understand. Everybody thinks they know what it is, but nobody really knows what it is, except your real uh, family or relatives that are around you that know how you have to hide yourself in a dark room, vomiting with those attacks that you cannot even move, speak, or or do anything. 
we are we have a lot of difficulties when we speak about our relationships, social relationships. We don't we have a, we cannot drink, we cannot uh, eat many many things. Everything the, when the weather changes, we have a migraine attack. There are so many triggers that we cannot understand, and anybody else can understand that um, lets us to go to or, or trigger us migraine attack. That is very difficult to understand, and it's unpredictable. We never know when it's going to happen. And it's not once in our life. It's going to happen many times in our life. Twice per week, three, three times per week. It depends. It also changes during your lifetime. So during when you are in your 20s, you can you can be episodic. When you are in for, in your 40s, you can be chronified. And then if you are lucky, you can go back to episodic or you can get better. But it's a very, very difficult disease to, um, to live with. Uh, and it's even more difficult to be understood by the general public, by policymakers, by your your family, your relationship, your everything around. And that's the most difficult thing. And you feel very very lonely. So we really need need the the support and help of healthcare people, of uh, of um, our doctors. Our treatment, we really need a good diagnosis and a good follow-up. What about the longer term? Does migraine get worse over time? In some cases, yes. In many cases, it stays. As I said before, migraine is not the same during all our life. It can fluctuate and be chronic during some years, then become episodic afterwards, then become become chronic again. We cannot go through it. A migraine attack without taking a treatment or a tablet or something to fight the that huge, huge, explosive brain uh, pain in our brain. So we need a, a treatment. And if you you have many uh, attacks, many uh, migraine attacks during a period of time, you need to take a lot of medication. Sometimes you and you you need to take many days, many many medications, and sometimes that leads you to a chronification. It, but it's that's not our fault at all. It, we cannot go through the migraine attack without a, medi- a medication. And if we we are very very severe and we have migraine attacks very often, we need them. Uh, some of uh, the risks for a migraine pro- a progression is to be a, a female. Some they say that they uh, it said that they have a low educational status. And that means that what you need is information. The more information education you have the better you will treat your yourself, treat your migraine. And stressful life events, and this is something that I think it's for migraine, and it is also for all the rest of the diseases. But in migraine, it's very characteristic. If we are very stressed, we are going to have more attacks. Then it makes some comorbidities with obesity or depression or anxiety. I always say that uh, we are... When you are very severe and you have many migraines, at the end you get the depression because you don't know what how to fight that pain, constant pain. You are you do whatever the doctor says to you. You take all the treatments they tell you. You are uh, you do your best. You don't drink. You don't go out. You don't do anything, and but you still have those migraine attacks. And then you get frustrated, depressed, or you get anxiety because you need to leave. You need to go out to work and and to look after your family and your things and it's not possible and it's uh, we are completely disabled 
during those periods of time. And we need help. We need support. Then um, one very important thing is that we need an effective treatment and a, a very good expert on how to treat migraine. Otherwise, if we go from one doctor to another or one treatment to another, we can get uh, even worse. Or from more and more treatments, we can get even worse. How important is timely and accurate diagnosis as the first step toward effective treatment and what factors can support this? It is extremely important to find a good doctor, a good expert on migraine. It it changes everything when you go to a doctor that understands and listens to you when you say that you have migraine than when you go to a doctor that says, oh, you you just have migraine. Uh, That's not relevant. You need to learn how to live with it. You need to cope with migraine. That uh, that's for all your life. That's going to happen all your life. So learn how to live with it. Uh, that's not a, a, a big problem. Those doctors that tell you that they they put you in a in a situation in which you can that they don't give you any tool or skill to prevent or to fight against migraine. But migraine well treated and and with a lot with quite a good information can be can be uh, improved, can be not be as severe as it could be if, if without the treatment, and, and, and can leave you live a, a, slightly, a better life than if you don't have any comprehension or any information. So you, a, a good diagnosis is extremely important at the beginning. A good understanding from your doctor is extremely important. And a doctor with a, a, enough knowledge and a updated information on the the current treatments is very important. Doctors need to be updated on migraine and doctors need to know and understand that a life with a very severe migraine is not going to be a life for that person. A life is the migraine is going to uh, to to take the all the activities and to condition all the activities and life of that person if she is not well treated. So we really need to to identify the trigger factors. We need to speak about other treatments outside the the the, the pharmaceutical treatments, a type of life, a healthy type of life, all those things that could uh, be a trigger for that migraine and prevent them. The, the key of uh, migraine is prevention. From patients' perspectives, what impact do you think anti-CGRP antibodies have had in terms of providing options for preventative treatment of migraine? We have a new window of hope since CGRP therapies are in the market. There was nothing in the last uh, 30 years, only the dose triptant and we know for a long time ago and that nowadays we also know that could uh, chronify you if you take too many of them, so on and so on. And uh, nevertheless, the uh, treatments are uh, for acute treatment, and we are talking now about preventive. CGRP has given us the possibility to live again in a normal life. I'm going to read those percentages, but 62% of the patients know about uh, know that they exist. Um, it's very difficult to access to get access to those treatments, and 20, even 26% of the severe ones have not been mentioned by doctors 
that um, that they that those treatments exist, and twenty five percent have not is are not covered by healthcare systems still, and in some countries they don't use it yet. It, it's it's crazy that in on in this twenty first century we are still struggling to get a treatment that has been researched and invest and and there have been so much investments, especially for migraine. And two years after or three years after the treatment is on the market, we are still fighting to get to get it to ourselves. Thanks to this CDRP, myself, for instance, I am able to do the work I do. Of traveling all across Europe, uh, speaking in front of the computer or in front of the of of, uh, of people, or going up and down. Otherwise, I won't uh, be able to do this. I will have to stay, stay quiet, and stay prevent, try to prevent all those triggers that I, I as I did before before the CRP uh, appeared. But the majority of the answers to a, a question that to a survey that we did. On, at EMHA called Access to Care together with KPMG, it's the, the high majority have had any improvement in their life and they could live thanks to it. And this is a, the, the best treatment we have at this moment. And this is the best way to allow people to live a normal between semicolons life. That, this is not the cure, that's important. The expectations need to be that uh, this is not need, they, people need to know that this is not a cure this is just a preventive treatment that can improve you a lot and give you a, a, a little bit more of days without migraine or with migra- migraine attacks less strong and less aggressive thank you for those interesting insights miss ruiz de la torre now let's move on to our next interview with professor shibata where we discuss insights from real-world data regarding treatment optimization with anti-CGRP antibodies. Hello everyone, my name is Mamoru Shibata. I am a neurologist and headache specialist from Japan. Uh, today, I am very delighted to have an opportunity to talk about anti-CGRP antibodies for migraine prevention, with an emphasis on insights from real-world evidence. What is the value of real-world evidence in supporting clinical decision-making for preventive migraine treatment with anti-CGRP antibodies? So, in Japan, galconezumab, fremenezumab and erenumab are available. Uh, We use preventive therapy when acute therapy for migraine cannot adequately treat the disability experienced in daily life. We have been using the centrally acting calcium broker, promethazine, the beta broker propranolol, and anti-epileptic drugs such as barforate and topiramate. According to the Japanese Headache Society guidance, we should consider initiating CGRP-targeted monoclonal antibody therapy when existing prophylactic drugs provide insufficient efficacy or side effects occur. Moreover, treated patients should have four or more uh, monthly migraine days for at least three consecutive months at the baseline. By using anti-CGRP antibodies in real-world setting, we can gain insights for clinical decision-making with respect to effects of discontinuation, optimal treatment strategies, 
safety, and efficacy in heterogeneous populations, and long-term efficacy. Moreover, data analysis may enable us to clarify potential predictors of response or non-response to treatment, which may provide a clue to the optimal use of anti-CGRP antibodies. Does real-world evidence support the clinical trial data for anti-CGRP antibodies? In clinical practice, anti-CGRP antibodies are used in patients with failure with pre-existing preventive treatment. Randomized controlled trials demonstrated that the anti-CGRP antibodies were efficacious and safe in such cases with at least 30% of patients having at least 50% reduction in monthly migraine days and injection site reactions uh, being the most frequent adverse events. Real-world data generally support the efficacy and safety of anti-CGRP antibodies observed in the RCTs. Have there been any interesting real-world evidence outcomes in specific populations of patients using anti-CGRP antibodies? Real-world data also provide information on the efficacy and safety of anti-CGRP antibodies in specific patient populations. It can be pointed out that Asian people were underrepresented in the RCTs of anti-CGRP monoclonal antibodies. We have conducted a prospective real-world study to evaluate experience with anti-CGRP antibodies in Japanese patients who had failed on at least one previous preventive drug. The antibodies reduced monthly migraine deaths. In addition, we observed a concomitant reduction in hit 6 score Although we encountered some treatment-emergent adverse events, they were very mild in severity. We also found significant correlations between monthly migraine days and HIT-6 at visit 2 and visit 3, uh, which indicate that the anti-CGRP antibody therapy brought about not only a reduction in monthly migraine days, but also the alleviation of negative impact of a headache on daily life. What do available real-world data indicate with regards to treatment optimization with anti-CGRP antibodies? If we cannot obtain a satisfactory effect with one anti-CGRP antibody, uh, we switch to another. In two representative real-world studies looking at the effects of switching, Sustained reductions in monthly migraine day, uh, monthly headache days were observed at month three of treatment with the second monoclonal antibody. Approximately 45% of patients achieved at least a 30% uh, response rate. Hence, for patients who did not respond to an anti-CGLP antibody treatment, switching to another anti-CGRP antibody agent is likely to provide clinical benefit. How about the long-term efficacy of anti-CGRP antibodies? A longitudinal EMRO study showed that the proportion of responders does not change over three years, although the number of patients who adhered to the treatment gradually dropped. 
Anti-CGRP antibodies were associated with sustained efficacy over extended periods of treatment, with only a minority losing benefit over time. Real-world data have also shown that the response to treatment with anti-CGRP antibodies varies, with some patients being highly responsive, the so-called super-responders, who showed a 75% or more reduction in monthly migraine days, while at the other end, uh, there are non-responders uh, who show only a moderate reduction in monthly migraine days. The identification of predictive factors with respect to efficacy leads to efficient use of anti-CGRP monoclonal antibodies. In this study, vomiting and acute response to treatments are predictive of good response, while chronic migraine, history of uh, mono, uh, medication overuse headache, and concomitant depression are associated with poor response. Taken together, real-world data provide important insights as to how we should use anti-CGRP antibodies effectively. Thank you very much for your attention. Thank you, Professor Shibata, for sharing those valuable insights with us. Thank you for listening to this Touch podcast. You can access more content on this and related topics on Touch Neurology at www.touchneurology.com. Thank you.